The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at tntradio.live. You're with Misty Winston on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, hey there, and welcome to the Misty Winston Show right here on today's News Talk. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to hang out with me today. Um, uh, just quickly, uh, unfortunately, Vanessa Beely was meant to be our guest today. She uh, is uh, not feeling well, so she has rescheduled. Um, so I just wanted to give you that uh, right out of the gate. And uh, my dear friend, Indy, has decided to uh, jump in last minute to save me. Uh, and it's always great to talk to him. He doesn't get to come on very often. He's got kids and all that stuff going on. So uh, uh, it's always good to have him here on the show. So I hope Vanessa is feeling better. We will be talking her uh later in the month i think on the 14th uh is when we rescheduled her so um hope she's feeling better though um okay so a couple quick things before we dive into the show uh first of all don't forget uh share the video streaming service on all the platforms let people know get the word out for us um obviously we're algorithmically suppressed and shadow banned on various platforms so if you could help us get the word out that would be much appreciated uh also uh, don't forget to check out the tnt radio shop tntradio.live uh, backslash shop i believe um all kinds of Year there holidays are coming up so uh, get your orders in so that you can get everything in time for christmas if that's what you celebrate uh okay so a couple quick things i wanted to get into about ukraine listen y'all ukraine uh has reached redheaded stepchild status i think um we have started to see and this is okay it's gross and frustrating but also slightly amusing because those of us who called this out from the beginning from jump who said that this was an unwinnable war for ukraine that the west was only using ukraine as cannon fodder uh in this ridiculous effort to weaken russia militarily and economically if you said that even just you know a few weeks ago you were labeled a crazy putin puppet a russian stooge uh whatever um which i've been called all of those things and worse but it turns out y'all that we were right and now we're starting to see uh mainstream press is starting to change their tune. The White House is even saying uh, that funding for Ukraine is going to run out by the end of the year. Uh, Ukraine, it has been an abysmal failure. We've talked about that numerous times with Dave DeCamp, with Kyle Anslone. Uh, It has been a failure, which we all knew that it would be. Um, So we're starting to see the cracks in the armor of this thing. And what what's really what I really don't want to happen is for this to just sort of um, shift out of the mainstream narrative to shift out of they're just going to like little by little, they'll stop covering it, they'll stop talking about it. And I, I just don't want to see it get memory hold because um, it is repugnant what they did to the country of Ukraine, what the West, what NATO has done to the country of Ukraine. Um, Essentially, an entire generation of Ukrainian men was sacrificed on the altar of Western imperialism. And it is uh, it is just really reprehensible. And it is unfortunately, I think, going to be uh, memory hold. I think that they're just going to stop talking about it. And very slowly, it'll uh, drop out of the the headlines. Um, But I think that we're starting to see a lot of that happen right now. For example, uh, uh, Zelensky was meant to give an address uh, via video link to Congress today. He has canceled that. Um, He was supposed to come and beg for more money. As we've seen, uh, the Biden administration is trying desperately to tie uh, Ukraine funding, Israel funding, and uh, uh, border funding all in the same bill. There's a whole lot of negotiating and all of that stuff playing out in Congress. Um, I think many Republicans don't want to uh, support the funding for Ukraine. They desperately want the funding for Israel, though. So I think that I I think, frankly, the Biden administration just wants to fund Ukraine enough uh, so that they don't have to talk about it as much through 2024. I think that they they don't want it to because, listen, it is going to be brought up, especially Donald Trump is going to use this against them every chance that he can get um, uh, because it has been such a ridiculous failure. We have sent 100 plus billion dollars to this 
incredibly corrupt country, unaccountable dollars. We have no idea where it went. We sent all of these uh, crazy weapons to this uh, corrupt country. We have no idea where they went and we have really gotten nothing for it. Um, but you know that it's bad when even <laughs> even Lindsey Graham, who just a few months ago uh, was praising all of this stuff going to Ukraine, he said it was the best money that we ever spent because we hadn't lost a single American life. And yet uh, we were still able to you know, really give it to Vladimir Putin. We, we did not give it to Vladimir Putin. Russia's doing just fine. Russia's doing great. In fact, I think that they're doing better than they were prior to the situation in Ukraine. So, but even Lindsey Graham is now, he just went yesterday on um, CNN on State of the Union uh, and said that he, it, it won't, he will not support sending any more aid to Ukraine, quote, until we help ourselves, end quote, which is amazing. Uh, and as uh, people have noticed, it really does seem like the fat lady is singing. Uh, the curtain has come down. Ukraine has now, uh, and it's, you know, I'm I'm smiling. I'm kind of giggling because for somebody who was uh, one, one of the people who called this out from jump, as I'm sure many of our listeners recognize from the beginning, um, so it's amusing, but also we need to recognize that this is not, it's not just, uh, you know, uh, Twitter fodder, right? This is there. Thousands of lives were lost um, uh, at the behest of the West, at the behest of NATO uh, to fight this ridiculous, unwinnable war. And uh, it's, it's gross. It's, I mean, it is the height of, I mean, it it just it makes me sad. It makes me angry, um, and I that's why I don't want it to get memory hold. I don't want it to get pushed to the sides, to the uh, to the fringes of conversation, just to disappear quietly, and everybody you know goes about their lives as if as if this never happened. Um, we need to remember this type of stuff. We need to and hold people accountable. I don't think there's going to be any accountability, unfortunately, uh, but it would be real cool if there were. Unfortunately, uh, there very rarely is. So um, just you know, keep an eye on the Ukraine thing. I realize there are other things going on. Uh, but Ukraine is still a situation that is um, that needs to be talked about, that we need to be, uh, you know, at least attempting to hold these people accountable for what they did to the people of Ukraine. It is uh, I, I really I just don't have words. So, OK, don't forget, you can follow me over on the tweeters at Sarcasm Stardust. Check out the Substack, mistywinston.substack.com. There is a write up for the guests of the day every day. So you can find, follow and support their work as well. And if you would like, you can shoot me an email at mistywinston at tntradio.live. Guest idea, show idea, whatever. Hit me up. I'll try to get back to you. Um, and I get this question a lot. If you miss your favorite TNT radio show or interview, super easy. Listen back whenever you want, wherever you want. You can visit the episodes tab on the TNT radio website, which again is tntradio.live. Uh, and then we're also on all the major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Podbean, iHeart, and TuneIn. Uh, so there's no reason for you to miss out on anything right here on TNT radio. Giving you what you want. I want the fact. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. All right. An annual report from the Pentagon's inspector general has exposed probes into allegations of extremism, extremism uh, and other prohibited activities among U.S. military personnel with 78 service members investigated for, quote unquote, advocating for the overthrow of the United States government. Oh, boy. Here with this story. Joining me now is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. All right. So more extremism, my friend. What's going on here? Well, Misty, as an average American citizen, you might be shocked to hear how many members of our own United States military uh, are basically um, advocating for the overthrow of the U.S. government. I mean, you would be shocked unless, of course, you knew exactly what their definition of such advocation <laughs> of overthrowing the U.S. government is. Um, this is pretty funny. 
Uh, it's interesting. It's certainly not frightening. So don't worry, people. Uh, the report was released late last week by the Department of Defense, uh, the DOD Office of the Inspector General. It disclosed a total of 275 instances, cases involving service members suspected of advocating or supporting extremist and other prohibited activities in the fiscal year 2023. Oh, my gosh, we're all going to die. Uh, while addressing concerns related to diversity, inclusion, and sexual harassment, the report specifically highlighted cases of military personnel allegedly, quote, advocating for, engaging in, or supporting the overthrow of the U.S. government or seeking to alter the form of the government by unconstitutional or other unlawful means, end quote. This sounds pretty serious. The DOD's detailed 2021 definition of, quote unquote, extremist activities can include, quote, liking, sharing or retweeting, end quote, a post online, which Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby has said, quote, is, of course, advocating, end quote. Of course it is. Everybody knew that. Uh, according to these policies, allegations of extremism were reported across all military branches with 130 in the Army, 33 in the Air Force, including the Space Force, and 20 in the Navy and Marine Corps combined. Uh, additionally, the report noted 58 alleged cases of criminal gang activity spread across all branches of the military. I can only imagine what their definition for that is. <laughs> Uh, the list of allegations related to extremism encompass a range of activities involving advocating or engaging in unlawful force, violence, or other illegal means to deprive individuals of their rights under the U.S. Constitution or laws of the United States. It also includes advocating for or participating in unlawful force or violence to achieve political, religious, discriminatory, or ideological goals. Additionally, the allegations involve advocating, engaging in, and supporting terrorism within the United States or abroad, advocating for or supporting the overthrow of the U.S. government, or attempting to alter the form of the government through unconstitutional or other unlawful means. Furthermore, the list extends to advocating or encouraging military, civilian, or contractor personnel within the DOD or U.S. Coast Guard to violate U.S. laws or disobey lawful orders or regulations with the intent of disrupting military activities or personally undertaking such actions. Lastly, the allegations include advocating for widespread unlawful discrimination based on race, color, national origin, religion, sex, including pregnancy, gender identity, or sexual orientation. Of the 275 total combined allegations of extremism and prohibited activities investigated, 68 were found to be unsubstantiated or cleared of wrongdoing by investigators. The report does not indicate which allegations were cleared, Misty. Uh, but this is uh, pretty funny in my opinion. But what do you think about this one? I mean, it's funny, yes, but also terrifying because this, I mean, this just is another story that shows the ridiculous 
uh, path that we've been going on to label everybody an extremist, literally all of the people. I mean, we saw it with the domestic violent extremists, that little uh, pamphlet or thing, whatever that thing that came out, I think it was from DHS. Uh, and if you read that thing, there's like, I don't know, maybe six, seven different groups on there. Uh, and I think I qualify for most of them. I think most of us would qualify for any of those groups. And I think that th this is just like a, a they just want to be able to label anybody and everybody a domestic violent extremist, an extremist, a terrorist, whatever it is um uh so that they can silence dissent and i think that that's but the idea that y'all liking a tweet <laughs> makes you an extremist i don't that is hilarious but i don't even know what to make of that it is so absurd um and so just over the overreaction of that just to like a tweet i mean i like tweets all the time that maybe i don't necessarily agree with but i think are funny or you know it's a funny meme or it's you know whatever uh and so and i have no doubt adam we've talked about this i have no doubt that i'm on several lists there's no question about it uh but the idea now that they're even even starting to look at uh, the military to look for these kinds of extremist likings and retweetings of tweets is just silly. Um, but I think, again, it just shows that we're on this ridiculous path where we're just going to start labeling anybody and everybody who dissents or who speaks out against uh, the approved establishment narrative is going to start being labeled a terrorist or an extremist or whatever it is. Uh, and while that's funny uh, on the surface, I think that uh, underneath it all, I think that's really terrifying because I think that that just shows that they are um, uh, and I think, you know, as we've said on the show many times, the United States is a, I think, a wounded animal backed into a corner. And I think that uh, there's going to start being a lot of lashing out irrationally. And I think that this is one of those things. Uh, and I just think it's, we saw what they did to January Sixers, right? We saw what they did to J6ers. Um, and every story like this, while it is funny, I think should concern everybody because uh, they're going to start doing this more and more to more and more people uh, for more and more reasons. I mean, if just liking a tweet now can get you labeled a terrorist or an extremist, that is uh, a terrifying prospect. But again, we've been on this path for a very long time. And uh, those of us who have been warning about the uh, threats to free speech and all of that stuff, this is exactly, exactly what we were talking about. And here we are, it's happening. But what do you think, Adam? I'm sure you're, uh, I'm sure that you would be qualified under the uh, extremist label uh, for liking some tweets, right? Ah, see, I, I I don't like anything intentionally. I play I play it safe. <laughs> I, I go around. I hit the I hit the hate button. Uh, you guys have one of those too, right? Or is that just my accounts? Uh, yeah, no, you got to be careful out there, kiddos, on the social media. The the things that you like and share or say can can come back to haunt you. Uh, I just sometimes miss. Yeah, I go back and forth with how far, how seriously they expect people to take this because it's so ridiculous that it's mm. like. They can't expect people to take this seriously. And and that's why I wonder sometimes if the greater point is not to, you know, actually try to get everybody on board with this kind of thinking, but maybe on the other side of some sort of massive chaotic event, because they're really poking the bear. They're pushing buttons with this this bizarre, div divisive, politically ridiculous crap. And it's just causing people to just want to snap. And I think they just want to wait for people to snap and then rush in and after, you know, after the order out of their chaos that they create, then they'll have, you know, they'll have systems of control in place that might not even look anything similar to what we're dealing with today. You never know. Yeah, 100 percent. I think there's no question that they are trying to provoke people into doing something stupid. Uh, we talked about this, uh, I think, yesterday where, you know, the Black Lives Matter stuff, the J6 stuff, that's all of that stuff is um, uh, uh, very much orchestrated, I think, to create 
chaos and division. And they're hoping that uh, there's going to be some group out there that does something ridiculous and stupid so that they can uh, implement further methods of control. I mean, that's exactly it's I mean, we've seen it happen time and time again, the Patriot Act. Hello. Uh, and we've seen that time and time again taking place even just recently. We've seen the way that they've been trying to, um, you know, uh, strip away our rights little by little. They've been chipping away at those for a very long time. And so, yeah, I think you're right. I think this is a lot of it is just um, uh, trying to instigate people. But also, I think uh, just creating a chilling effect. They, if they if they report these kinds of things, uh, I think people will then be very careful about what they discuss on social media and they want to silence that dissent. So I think it's kind of a one-two punch there. Um, but it is just so ridiculous. Liking a tweet does not make you an extremist. That is ridiculous, as Adam just said. So thanks for bringing us this story, Adam. We will check in with you again tomorrow, as always, and hang tight. We're going to be right back with Indy right after this on TNT Radio. You should hear what Charlie Robinson is talking about. I think once we saw the supply chain issue, uh, that happened during the COVID debacle. You go, well, that seems bad for the, you know, when you're fighting somebody for toilet paper, but it could be worse, right? It could be the last can of food. So people are starting to reevaluate and reassess their situations and their relationship with supply chains and the like. And I think what that does is it leads you to a place of saying, how can I make myself less dependent on the system? It's kind of hard to know where to start, right? Where would you suggest we even begin with this process? Yeah, it's funny you said that because someone said to me, recently and it made me laugh that this is going to be the kind of collapse where the Burger King's still open. I, I think that's what's probably lulling people into a false sense of security in that everything when we go to the city kind of appears normal unless you're in one of those really crazy drug adult cities. But for most people, I would say, Charlie, it feels normal, but it ain't normal. <laughs> the world yeah. is not normal. It's completely gone off kilter. Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. For the morning commute. In other news, a recent government report on prescription drug pricing points to corporate mouth. Freedom of the press is about your right to know. It's about your right to be informed. Your right to access all types of information keeps us free as a nation. No, 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 no. no. Today, there are real threats to press freedom. And your right to know about the world around us. Look. Some threats are obvious, some are easy to miss, but they all put our way of life at risk. We must defend against all of these threats, no matter what kind of news is important to you. Justified putting American troops in harm's way. That's a great question. We must protect our right to know before it's too late. Understand the threats. ProtectPressFreedom.org. So many people who had no history of heart illnesses have got it now or blood clotting after the COVID-19 vaccination. Punish those who hurt people with COVID madness. Lighting the fuse for freedom. TNT Radio. All right. Can I just tell you that I don't know if I've ever been more thankful for a decision that I've made than to not get vaccinated. That's a close one. Um, okay. Our, our guest today is my dear friend, Indy from Indy News Network. In addition to being the founder of INN and the Indy Media Awards, Indy is also publisher of Indy Media Today on Substack, host of How Did We Miss That on Sundays, an executive producer for various shows and a platform expert. He also helps me book uh, book all of my guests for this show uh, and runs my Substack where he does the write-up for the guests every day so that it's easier for y'all to find uh, their work and support them as well. Um, and I could not do it without him, literally. I know I've said that many times on this show, but Indy is um, more than my right-hand man. He does so much for me. Uh, so Indy, thanks so much for being here. 
thank you and it's a pleasure to be here and uh and thanks for all that and it's a it's a pleasure to support you and uh wow that's that's nice so well it's true <laughs> it's true <laughs> i i think that the the reason that so um i i contacted indy a while back um i would i just had a rough week and i was like i really just want to unplug for the weekend but i still needed to book the whole next week of shows and i'm like i'm just going to ask him if he would help me so i can just disengage for the weekend hang out with my kids and just kind of take a rest um and ever since then you've been helping me book people and it's so nice because i deal with um a, a great fear of rejection and i'm never i, I have no idea why anyone would ever want to talk to me so i always panic a little bit i get severe anxiety asking people to come on the show uh so the fact that you do most of it um i, I help out here and there grabbing some people but generally speaking you do most of it and it is so nice uh and you are great i love you i love you i love, I you. love you too the, the opposite for me like i don't know why anyone wouldn't want to talk to you so <laughs> it's so it's easy to ask that to have that conversation so and and it's it's been awesome doing and being able to get people and connect people and get them on to TNT and aware of this independent radio station. Thank goodness for TNT by all means. Yeah. Um, and, and independent media, uh, which is, which is what we do uh, yes. and, and fucking the corporate media, but yeah. Yes. Uh, holy moly. Uh, yeah. We're, we're getting censored like crazy. So it, again, it's, it's so important to have platforms like this because you know, I've been seeing, like you said, I've been publishing the Substack and Substack has a Twitter like kind of um, a platform called Notes, a social media element. And there's been a lot of people kind of crying on Notes because it's been a lot of legacy media people that are starting to come over and realize, hey, Substack is actually somewhere that I can monetize, somewhere that I can get rid of my editors and speak directly to an audience and get rid of my nine to five job and having to work for anybody else. And now it's starting to become like catch on something that's cool, right? Yeah. Um, and and they're trying to censor people. And so the Atlantic publishes this article, and it's it's like a, a you know shit lib. That's the way that I would have to describe it. You know, a, a liberal, a a democratic liberal who's there's there's Nazis that are screaming on Substack, and they're not policing their platform, and it's. Oh. So a couple of people have done some deep dives into this and it turns out that it's, it's incredibly minuscule, but, and it, it doesn't really violate, you know, half the ones that they're complaining about aren't even really Nazi, even content that sometimes they're just comparing Nazi content to something else. They're, they're, they're uh, criticizing it as well, but you have to show it in order to be able to criticize it. So it's just, it's hilarious. And, they want to censor and you can kind of sense this this kind of overlord uh th this overall feeling that people on there don't really want everybody on there and you know that's even coming from congress um yeah amy klobuchar i mean i don't know if you if you covered that a couple of weeks ago but amy klobuchar had a hearing where she specifically called out substack and rumble and said hey guys uh jeff bezos I turned on my Alexa, and when I asked them for a certain piece of news, they returned me a Substack article, and basically she didn't think that that was a valid or a, um, a verified source. 
and an authoritative source. I think that's what they call them now, authoritative sources, which really just means owned and operated by the establishment. And uh, yeah, this censorship thing is out of control. And frankly, Indy, it's uh, this whole calling everybody a Nazi that I don't like, everybody that I don't like, everybody I disagree with as a Nazi is so lazy. It's intellectually lazy. And it's uh, generally speaking, a complete, wholly inaccurate. Um, And it is, frankly, what's interesting to me is that it it seems like a case of projection because um, these liberals who are running around trying desperately to censor people, that's Nazi stuff. Uh, trying to censor people, trying to silence dissent, trying to control the narrative. That's what Nazis do. Um, so it seems like a massive case of projection, but that's nothing new, right? I mean, this is what they do all of the time, all of the time. And I, it, it's just now it's starting to spread to what were previously free speech platforms. Substack used to be cool. It's unfortunate that they're buckling under that kind of pressure. Um, I mean, even Elon Musk is bu- uh, buckling under that pressure. That's what, yeah, thank God for TNT radio. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I can say what I want here. I don't have to worry about it. Um, and hopefully it stays and so way. far, Rumble. Yeah. Yep. Yes. And so far, Rumble. And that that was the other one that that sub that that um, Congress is coming for, and Klobuchar specifically named Rumble as a right wing platformer. Yeah, because they won't, you know, cave to the censorship and to sanctions. Even you know they they're yeah. the only place where you can watch RT. I believe here here and um in on Odyssey, yep. unless you go directly to RT. I mean. Their my concern with them is that they're in financial trouble. And, you know, I wrote an article about this a couple of months ago. Somebody had posted about their financials and it just all of a sudden it was like pulling a thread. Right. And I was like, ooh, so how much they they lost 60 million dollars in the first half of this year. And I was like, that's that's Mm -hmm. a pretty decent burn rate. Ten million dollars a month for a publicly traded company. Hey, where are they getting that kind of money from? So I started to then unravel, where did that come from? They got a pretty big infusion of capital from a a hedge fund that was tied to, I think it was David Sachs or Peter Thiel or one of these guys that was linked uh, back in 2021. Then they acquired um, locals in 2021 or 2022. They acquired Call-In earlier this year. Which I did not realize. Did you know that that uh, locals was started by Dave Rubin of all people? I had really? no idea. He's he's the founder of locals. So wow. he sold to Rumble, and that's why Rumble still platforms him quite a bit. I believe he actually got either a board seat or some kind of executive seat, and they they agreed to really you know kind of hype up his content. And they've been spending a lot of the money that they got on content creators. Yeah. Yeah, they have Russell Brand, they have Glenn Greenwald, uh, they have uh, various other people. And yeah, and that's I've never really trusted Rumble because, you know, the whole Peter Thiel stuff and all of that. But I don't care. I I think we need to exploit all of the platforms, especially ones that let you say whatever you you want or need to say. And so I think that's great. But uh, yeah, it is unfortunate to see a lot of these platforms caving under the pressure. It's not surprising, uh, but it is really unfortunate because we need free speech platforms so desperately right now. So, okay, we got to take a quick break and get headlines. Hang tight. We're going to be back on TNT Radio. TNT Radio News. Get the news. <laughs> the news. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. A retired U.S. Department of State employee who served on the National Security Council and as an ambassador has been arrested with committing multiple federal crimes after allegedly acting as an agent of the Cuban regime for decades. 
Hundreds of residents of two municipalities in Quebec's Laurentians region are awaiting further news after being ordered to leave their homes due to structural problems in a nearby dike. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yes, do please listen on the app. It's available at Google Play and the Apple App Store. That's how I listen because then I can carry it around in my pocket with my headphones in while I'm cleaning or cooking or whatever it is that I got to do. Um, so, yeah, definitely download the app. Okay, we're here with Indy. We're talking about the insane censorship that only continues to get worse, Worse, which, I mean, I really, like, I'm not patting myself on the back here because I am far from the only person who's been warning about this stuff. But it, this is exactly what I've been screaming about for years and years and years. We've seen it getting worse over the uh, uh, course of time. Um, I think that it's uh, over the last 10 or 15 years or so, it has really exploded. And, um, uh, you know, we, we talk about uh, the way that people were censored for for COVID. They're still getting censored for COVID, but now we're starting to see people get censored over Israel-Palestine. We saw people getting censored over Ukraine. Uh, this stuff is only getting worse, Indy, and I just don't know what it's going to take to get people to snap out of it and recognize that censorship is never good. Ever. Never good. Never. Never. Because the people the people who are trying to censor, I mean, usually they have a reason to keep that from you rather than having a better answer to it. Um, that's That's kind of you know, that's always been my, my take on it. Um, you know, there are laws about hate speech specifically and, and, and you know, vi- speech again, you know, that threatens violence. And that's not what we're talking about here. Um, we're just talking about, you know, solidarity with people who are being bombed, literally. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's what's happening. And that's INN actually got demonetized from YouTube for 90 days. So we are currently demonetized. It's the third time I think this year we've had some kind of a strike where either we couldn't upload or we couldn't stream or now we're not able to receive super chats or, or, um, or get uh, channel subscriptions until like sometime in January. So we're pushing everybody and asking them to go to Patreon at Substack if they're going to, if they want to take it, help us. But it's so difficult because the momentum that you build with your channel uh, on YouTube with regard to memberships and subscriptions, when they cut that off for 90 days, it just, it absolutely destroys it. Yeah. So, I mean, how many are we going to have back after it comes back? We have no idea. We'll be lucky if any come back. I think yeah. maybe one or two, but it's, it's going to be a, a long slog. Um, and, and that is happening because of people who are calling out the NATO, the, you know, the NATO regime, that are calling out the intel and the security state, that are calling out the lies of the State Department, that are calling out the lies of Joe Biden, that are calling out the lies that are coming out of the Knesset, out of the IOF, not IDF, all right, because of what's happening over in Gaza. And it's, they've killed 74 journalists. Uh, that's the last I heard. I mean, I, I don't I don't know if they've added any more to the list today um, probably there's at least one or two a day it seems like at this point and uh i think it was 74 yesterday so i would imagine especially given the fact that they have been bombing the hell out of the south uh over there which is uh also unbelievably disgusting hey we're warning you we're gonna bomb the north and gaza so everybody should flee to the south and then people flee to the south and then they bomb that too uh it's so gross uh, what's happening and that's what's so it's so um, frustrating to me to see people cheer on this level of censorship because 
um, you know, calling out what's ha- calling out a genocide should be fair game all the time, every time you should be able to do that. Um, and to me, it's so obvious and apparent that that's what this is. There's a lot of hand wringing going on over whether that uh, definition, whether that term defines what's happening and is it really a genocide? Of course it is. Yes, it is. There is no question about it. It is absolutely a genocide. Just look at their rhetoric. Just look at the way that they're speaking about it. And it is absolutely a genocide. So the idea that they are censoring people who are calling that out, who are asking those questions should be really troubling to everyone. But it's so frustrating because there's no consistency of principles, Andy. And you've heard me rant about this before because, um, you know, everybody loves free speech until it's speech they don't like. And then suddenly <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. And that for me, as somebody who um, tries, I can't say that I'm perfect, uh, but tries really hard to be consistent on that principle. It's so frustrating to me that more people don't recognize the absolute necessity of being consistent there and of uh, supporting uh, people's right to speak, even if it's speech that I abhor. I mean, I stood up for Alex Jones. I stood up for Donald Trump. I stu- I, st- I try to stand up for anybody and everybody. I know that you do as well, but it's it seems mm-hmm. like that is so rare. People do not understand um, that when you uh, stand for free speech, it means that you especially means that you stand for speech that you don't like well and the answer is is that look you can say whatever you want i don't have to listen to it i can block it from from my seeing it but i don't have i can't block everybody else in the world from seeing or hearing it there are two very different distinct things my opinion is my opinion on that stuff you know and then there are laws that are around specific threats but everything else to me is fair game i mean Mm -hmm. And and if you don't want to hear it, that's totally up to you. Your that's that's your choice. But if there are other people that want to either come up with a better argument that convinces them why they shouldn't, or and and that counters whatever that is, and or uh, just ignore it yourself and and go elsewhere and don't listen to it. I mean, there yeah. you know, like I remember uh, it was George Carlin. He talked about you know that there there are two knobs on the radio, Pat, Mr. Pastor. I know you're not familiar with anything that has two knobs on it, but, but you know, you, you can always change the station. And that that's always been one of my things. And don't change it from TNT radio though, for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, um, and you're absolutely, but the, even the hate or the, the uh, calls for violence, that do, that's not even equally applied. We have Israel out here literally every day, all day uh, bragging about and admitting their intentions to commit literal war crimes. And that's fine. Like Elon Musk is cool with that. But if you say from the river to the sea, suddenly uh, that's a bridge too far. If you say the word decolonize, suddenly that's a bridge too far. That's hate speech. But Israel, literal, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu himself has been on Twitter uh, posting videos, video evidence for his various war crimes, and that's okay. So even that kind of stuff is uh, unequally applied, and that's why, I I mean, the hate speech thing drives me crazy because nobody will even define what that means, what exactly is hate. And frankly, human beings have a right to hate things. We don't have to agree with it. We can think it's a repugnant thing. Uh, We can disagree with it, but you have a right to hate things, and you have a right to express that hatred. Uh, as long as you are not committing violence, it's, it, it is absurd to try to compel speech um, or to try to, you know, make people uh, be silent about things like that. It just, I, I'm very much a free speech absolutist. Um, and the way that these things are so uh, unequally applied and the way that there is loopholes for those who have positions of power. Um, I mean, we in the United States, we have the United States, uh, Lindsey Graham's talking about, oh, you know, this money in Ukraine is the best money we ever spent because we haven't seen an American life lost. Like he's talking, that's just 
disgusting to me, but he has a right to say it out loud. I'm glad that he does. It exposes him in the United States uh, agenda. Um, but it's just it, the, the lack of consistency is so frustrating to me, especially on something like free speech, because we are so dangerously close. Uh, frankly, we, or it's holding on by a thread. We really don't have free speech. Um, and we are dangerously close to losing even the little, little tiny sliver that we have ha- uh, that we have left. So um, uh, seeing pe- the hypocrisy on this issue is just so it makes me want to bang my head against the wall. It's so frustrating. Okay, we have to take another quick break, but hang tight. We're going to be back right here on TNT Radio. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Well, of course, the biggest story in climate right now is Vice President Kamala Harris leaves for the climate conference with the biggest carbon footprint in history. She's heading to Abu Dhabi or whatever for COP28 in Joe's place with hosts under fire for wanting to push oil and gas deals. Do you know why there's so many people there? Because they realize what a scam this is and they're trying to push oil and gas deals. Anyway, she left and there's 400,000 people expected there. Now, do you really believe that there's 400,000 people are all interested in eliminating fossil fuels? I would say there are quite a few of them, given Abu Dhabi is in the Middle East and there's a lot of oil in the Middle East, that are seeking to do business because they know what a scam this is. And let's see, at its head, Sultan Al-Jabbar has denied reports he's using meetings at the summit to make side deals on fossil fuels produced by the United Arab Emirates. I'm sure he's smart enough to probably be doing that. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather, even if we can't go over to Abu Dhabi, because it's the only weather you got. Hi, I'm Susan Lucci. I never thought about heart disease until I had my own heart event. I had a a 90% blockage in my main artery and a 75% blockage in the adjacent artery. I received two stents in my arteries. Stents developed through research funded by the American Heart Association. Those stents saved my life. Learn more about the American Heart Association's life-saving work at helpheart.org. Cutting through the clutter, this is the Misty Winston Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, we are here joined by my friend Indy from INN Indie News Network. Please go check him out as we just talked about uh the censorship's out of control they're uh heavily censored heavily shadow banned you can check them out on patreon substack all that good stuff links of course are always in my substack uh for the write-up for the day um okay so uh let's talk a little bit about this um (laughs) anti-zionism is anti-semitism crap because that's what it is it is crap we just saw uh congress just voted on it and all but one uh voted in well okay all but one and a half, Rashida Tlaib voted present, which still blows my mind. But Thomas Massey was the lone no vote. Um, and even his position was weak, but at least he had the courage to vote no on this thing. So um, and it, it's uh, it's very frustrating to me that so many people are equating Zionism and uh, Judaism. I'm sure it's very frustrating for you as well. <laughs> um, it's just absurd, yeah. right, Indy? It's crazy. Well, it is. Yeah, and you have on anti-Zionist Jews pretty often. I know that there are a few that I, I speak with as well. And there aren't enough of us that are loud and outspoken because there is an entire apparatus that is out there designed and, and that is trying to discredit and smear and and silence the people that are speaking out against the this, uh, you know, just what you call it genocide. Don't go whatever you want. They're dropping bombs on children. 
That's yeah. That's it. It doesn't really matter what you want to call call it ice cream and and whatever, but uh, and cake. But as long as it in, involves dropping bombs on kids, I'm against it, a hundred percent against it. So, and that they are then they they equate religion to this entire movement that started with the Balfour Declaration in this 1917. Lord Balfour sends a letter. And they're talking about having a state in the Middle East. Oh, it just so happens to be a convenient shipping lane portal for them to be able to control, you know, things within the Middle East, because at that point it was still a British colony in, in, in 1917. It also involves a lot of Christian Zionists, uh, and it's a Zionist movement. It is not even a Jewish movement. There are a lot of anti-Zionist Jews that believed that if you did do this and you put Israel and you kicked out people to live there, that it would turn the entire world against Jews worldwide, not just against Israel. And it was actually counterproductive to exactly what is what they're trying to do. And it is beyond madness that that you now have, well, again, there's a lot of Zionist Jews in in the world. A lot of a, a large percentage of Jews are Zionists, and it's because the story has been conflated over time. Mm-hmm. Um I wasn't even told, and I grew up conservative Jewish in in the New York area. I wasn't even told a lot of this stuff. I had to really seek it out and discover it and learn, oh, my God, they they just didn't tell us a lot of the story and made it seem like they came after us. And it was, you know. It all was just kind of woe is me stuff. And it, it, we were great. We never, you know, they, nothing ever done wrong. It was all in defense because they're always coming at us, coming at us. And it's like, you don't even really question it until you start to question it. And you say, wait yeah. a minute. Yep. And then, yeah, it's, it makes it really difficult, especially when you've got family that feels that way. And, yeah, and you start to have conversations with, with close family that still has not taken the time to really start to ask the hard questions. Even though I'm there screaming about it, I sound like a raving lunatic psycho to <laughs> the rest of my family. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. But we're, I mean, listen, I think that we're starting to see um, a lot of Jewish people um, and I am not Jewish, so I can't speak uh, to any personal experience here, but I have at least seen across social media, a lot of Jewish people. I've seen a lot of videos on TikTok and Instagram where um, a, a lot of people express what you just expressed. Like I growing up, I was never told any of the stuff. I was, ne- I never looked at it. I was never encouraged to examine the history. I was never for obvious reasons. Um, but I think that what's happening now, and I think as I've said numerous times, I'm sure people are tired of hearing me say it, but I really think that um, in the social media age, it has really changed the way that people are viewing this. Uh, situation because I think that we now have people on the ground in real time in Gaza reporting the reality of what's happening. And I think a lot of people are starting to look at it and be like, hey, wait a minute, this doesn't equate to what I've been told. This is not, this doesn't, this doesn't add up. Like the, the math's not math in here. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people are starting to question, um, you know, what they previously thought, and I, which is good. I just don't know that it's going to be in enough time to save the people of Palestine. Um, I think that 
uh, the, the millions of people that we are seeing in the street is a great sign. Um, but I just, I don't know that it's going to be enough. And I will say it to you, as I've said it to every anti-Zionist Jewish person that I have spoken to, in my opinion, and people get mad at me for saying this. I've had people, um, you know, yell at me for saying this because they, oh, you're trying to diminish the Palestinian voice. I am absolutely not. Uh, obviously the people of Palestine are quite capable of speaking up for themselves, defending themselves. They've been doing it for decades under the most horrendous circumstances. However, in my opinion, in this fight, which in I think is a fight against Zionism, there is no more important voice than the anti-Zionist Jewish voice, period. It is that's, it, There is no more important voice. And I think that we're starting to see Jewish voices for peace. Obviously, the Orthodox Jews who have long been out there talking about this kind of stuff, people like yourself, Max Blumenthal, Aaron Matei, Benjamin Rubenstein, Alex Rubenstein, uh, Norman Finkelstein. There's a whole host of people out there. Dan Cohen. Uh, Dan Cohen. Yeah, it does great work. I mean, there's a whole host of people out there who are calling this thing out, which I think is incredibly important. I just, uh, the bombs are dropping while that's happening mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. thousands of kids are being slaughtered for at the altar of Zionism, which is horrendous. And it keeps me up at night, but I mean, it is, it, it I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to slay this beast. I just don't. Well, it, it, it has to come in people waking up and, uh, you know, and getting past the narrative, getting past the propaganda. It's, it's, it's exhausting every day. Like, what are they going to come out with today that we have yeah. to then unspool and debunk and show, Oh my God, look at that. There's a, there's an edit there where they said this was unedited or there show me where you said that there were this number of this and, you know, challenge, everything needs to be questioned and challenging and challenged. And that is exhausting. And then on the other side of it, it's like, well, what you, you don't trust us. Uh, no, we don't trust you, bro. We we don't trust you, bro. We how can no. we? And and it's no. it's the indignance that happens when you start to ask those questions and the anger that you get. And then they try to first they get angry and then they try to silence you. And that's that's usually what happens and quite often it's successful and it's you know the the, the who is the they and the they is the Likud party. The they is is APAC that they is the people that are in charge of Hollywood. And it's not, again, it is not specifically just Jews. There are as many Christian Zionists. This is not anything against anti-Semitism. And that uh, let's let's get into the fact that how about the fact that Palestinian people are Semites, more Semitic in a lot of cases yeah. than the European Ashkenazi Jews that are living in Israel today, the settler colonial. Uh, the, you know, the, the set it, set, settler colonizers. Oh my goodness. Like, thank goodness. Here's another one. Richard, Richard Medhurst, bless him, you know, for, and, and he was one of the main reasons that I had a major awakening a few years ago. It was between him in 2020, um, just after Bernie. And I started to listen to him and listen to his side of things from the Palestinian Christian perspective and someone who was a Syrian, you know, uh, had Syrian blood and family as well. And it was like, oh, my goodness. Um, I had never really thought about it enough. And that that's to my detriment, for sure. Um, you know, I was just kind of wrapped up. And then I started to really ask the questions. And it's amazing how then they bombed the AP building in 2015, uh, in, 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 uh, in 2021, in, on yep. May 15th, 2021. That. For me, I was like, that's it. I'm done. You know, they're they're blowing up the one place that could actually report the truth of what's happening there. 
obviously they don't want the truth to get out and um, yeah that's why they've killed 74 journalists over the past couple of months because they do not want the truth getting out that's why they've been i mean listen in my opinion uh it is beyond obvious that they are targeting journalists and it is beyond obvious that they are targeting medical facilities medical care providers children women uh and that is a telltale sign of a genocide when you are attacking very blatantly women and children which are uh both the future of the people who you are attacking and the people who birth the future of the people that you are attacking uh and the medical facilities that's for obvious reasons it, they want to make sure that even those that they don't happen to kill with the bombs those who are injured will eventually die off uh from their mm -hmm. injuries um they're attacking food facilities they're i mean there's a reason and listen they've never been shy about this stuff andy that's why it's so fascinating to me that people are having difficulty wrapping their heads around the idea that this is a genocide they're not shy they talk about it openly i mean i have a whole thread on twitter of uh I don't know, probably dozens, maybe hundreds of examples of high-level Israeli officials uh, and their proxies very openly calling for ethnic cleansing, genocide, uh, you name it. And it's they, they, they have, and I think that the reason why they're so comfortable being open with it is that there's never been any repercussions. They've been able to do this for so long, uh, for mm -hmm. decades, and they've never been held accountable. And who's going to hold them accountable now? I mean, we're seeing literally a genocide play out on the world stage in broad daylight, 24 hours a day. We have full access uh, to videos of fathers desperately trying to dig their children from underneath the rubble, um, of mothers who are holding their dead babies, um, of, uh, you know, you name it. There's horrendous video and, footio, uh, video and photo evidence of this stuff happening every single day, and no one is doing anything to stop it. It is mind-blowing to me. Yeah, I got two things. The guy who's on the name, the, the name behind you, Julian Assange, okay, he was one of the biggest advocates for the Palestinian people before there were a lot of public journalistic advocates staunchly in defense of the Palestinian people trying to warn people about this stuff on a regular basis. I mean, the, the you know, the uh, Vault 7 leaks, Cablegate was, I believe, earlier this week, and I started reading about, oh my God. Cable, think about the number of leaks that happen. You know, people think about the the Trump campaign and the Podesta leaks. That was just one of them, but yeah. some of the other ones were so much so much bigger. And and of course, there is the 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 Iraq war logs that that came out that had collateral damage within it. And so that's one one point. And then the other point is a they're dropping bombs now. Eight weeks later. They've they claim Israel is claimed to have gotten one thousand to two thousand at the highest estimate I've seen at all five to six thousand Hamas fighters out of twenty to thirty thousand estimated after eight weeks and murdering all these more kids than you've gotten Hamas fighters. Yeah. What do you what are you still doing it for? What are you still gonna? How many are you gonna get? Like it's it's exhausting. It's frustrating. And, and then again, you've got bots and they've basically taken the nafo army and turned them on turned them yes. pro-israel and now they're <laughs> arguing on twitter and starting to you know reply and spew all this nonsense and say well well you must be pro-terrorist no i want to stop bombing children there's a big yeah. difference 
hundred percent. And frankly, it's so frustrating to me because um, do they really think that they're going to uh, kill off Hamas doing this? No, you're ensuring that Hamas will continue forever because all you're doing is creating more people who have been victimized by your country, who are going to grow up to hate you. There's a lot of kids who have been orphaned by this, who in 10 years time are going to want to join Hamas or a group like it. If you, if you somehow manage to kill off every Hamas member that is currently active, which you won't. Uh, and I frankly, I think that they're uh, the estimations that they are giving are grossly uh, overreported. I think that they have probably gotten very few uh, actual Hamas fighters, but I think that uh, it's no, like, do you, really, you think, you really think that you're going to kill off Hamas by doing this? No, you're only going to ensure that uh, a group like Hamas will continue forever in perpetuity uh, because this is, that's how you create these types of people is by slaughtering them indiscriminately, by orphaning children, by killing. I mean, listen, I, and I, I, people say, oh, will you uh, sympathize with terrorists? No, but I'm able to imagine myself. And if I lived in Gaza, you're damn straight I'd join Hamas. Are you kidding me? If somebody killed off my kids, I think anybody would. I think if you lived in the, under those circumstances, if you were held in essentially a concentration camp, if your access to food and water and electricity were heavily monitored uh, and limited, if you're if you were com uh, totally surveilled at all times, you weren't allowed to get a job, you weren't allowed to uh, help feed your family, you weren't allowed to live in freedom, you have to travel on roads that are um, uh, checkpoints that you I mean, it takes hours just to get anywhere when it should take five minutes. Uh, if you were, I mean, it, just think about it, y'all. If you think, put yourself in that position. If you were held under those conditions and you were being terrorized every single day for decades, uh, I think any one of us would fight back. I, it, that's just common human nature is to fight back when you are being oppressed in that way. And so, no, I'm not, it's not that I'm a terrorist sympathizer. It's that I can empathize and I can understand that that's, that's how you create those types of situations. That's how you create those types of groups is by treating people in that way. Like they are less than, like they are subhuman. You're treating them like animals and speaking about it openly. And it is uh, beyond absurd that anybody can uh, be baffled by, oh, I can't, I can't, how, how, how did this happen? Well, duh, this is what happens every single time. Uh, when you create a situation like this. And it's so frustrating that people um, are shocked by it or pretend to be shocked, I guess we should say, because I think most people understand it. I think that uh, I think that's why we're seeing so many people uh, in the streets right now, because I think, um, again, as a mother, if you treated my kids that way, I mean, y'all, I'm going to yeah. come for you. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm going to come for you for sure. I'm a father. I've been seeing those videos and I can't, I, I, can't, I can't turn away. You, you can't no. turn away. No, I mean. That's, and you can't that, help but imagine your own child. Like I'm seeing that's my these kid videos. right there. That's right. That's yeah, my that's, kid yes. right there. Like that's my kid. And I can't help but sympathize with that. You know what I mean? Like, of course I would fight back. Are you joking? Of course I would. If that's my kid, hell yes, I'm fighting back every time. Every single so, time, Indy. Hell Ugh. yeah. I know, I know we got we got two minutes left. So yeah, uh, everybody, everybody, I'm, I'm gonna do the plugs. Uh indylef.com, I-N-D-I-E left.com are all my links. And you go to indienews.network, I-N-D-I-E news.network. You can get to all the sub stacks from there. You can get to all the video channels. You can get to anything. I tried to simplify it and make it easier for everybody because nobody knows what the hell I do. I'm everywhere. The other big <laughs> thing is I called the guys from Anti-War and I said, we're both pro-Palestine. Let's do a stream together and let's have Misty host it. And everyone's like, yeah, let's do that. So Thursday nights on INN, we're trying to get one for this week. We had one last week. We definitely got one for next week. And we're going to have one for the 28th as well. So it may be every other week, but by all means, indienews.network, you'll check out the channels over there and they're going to, it's going to stream to all the INN channels 
Um, and Misty, thank you. And I love you. And free Julian Assange. And thank you, TNT. And support independent media by yes. all means. Please support independent media. We need it now more than ever as we're getting bombarded with uh, propaganda from every angle on every issue. We need independent media. We need truth tellers. Uh, we know what they do to truth tellers. So they need our support now more than ever. Andy, thanks for filling in last minute for Vanessa. I hope she's feeling better soon. I appreciate you taking the time. I'll be back tomorrow with another show. As Julian Assange says, learn, challenge, act now, and do not go anywhere. Timothy Shays right after this on TNT Radio.